0: podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM.
1: Welcome back to Dollars and Change here on SiriusXM, channel 132, Business Radio powered by the Wharton School. I'm Sandy Hunt. And I'm Nick Ashburn. And we're continuing more conversations about social impact and the business of social impact here. We are glad you are with us and we are grateful for our guests for sharing their knowledge and experience with us today. As always, you can call in to be a part of our show, one Wharton. That's 1-844-942-7866. Or you can tweet us at bizradio132 and follow along always on our Wharton Social Impact handle at Wharton Social. We're jumping into our third segment of the day here for a conversation about uh uh, you know, how to understand more about the companies you are buying products from. We welcome to the show Mark Hannes and Van Chapel. They are the co-founders of Progressive Shopper. Mark, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks so much for having us.
1: All right. And Van, welcome to the show as well.
3: It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Excellent. So let's start, um, as I so often do, by asking, asking you, Mark, to, to tell us, what problem did Progressive Shopper get created to solve?
2: Sure. The problem is um, twofold. One is um, people want to be conscious consumers. Uh, every single research you read about people wanting to align their values with their shopping, overwhelmingly, people say they want to do it, and yet there's never been a successful solution to help users do it. Um, and then the second piece is people want to be more engaged, and they look to the private sector um, to to sort of lead on this. and um, people shop more than they vote, than they donate, and then they advocate. So we think making it very user-friendly to be a conscious consumer, especially by aligning with progressive values, is a gap that no one else has filled.
0: And and Van, what brings you to the table as part of this team?
3: Yeah, so I've been really leading the product and uh, the kind of the data side of this. We. Uh, we started last summer, we uncovered this great data set that the Federal Election Commission has. Um, they've got a massive database on all the contributions that have been made uh, by individuals and companies uh, to political campaigns and Uh, committees. And, and, you know, we, we, we were really interested in this this space around this conscious, uh, conscious consumption space. And we're like, there's got to be a better way of making this data really easily available to people. And so that's how we got, got started working on it.
0: So I am quite interested in unpacking your product because you know, I'm one of those guys. Like, I read the Politico. <laughs> one, of one of those guys. He's making his face. <laughs> I, you know, I lived in D.C. I read Politico playbook like every morning and afternoon. You know, like I'm, totally
1: insufferable. Cut <laughs> kind of
0: now. Uh, thank you, Sandy. Uh, I deserve that. But you know, when I was on your website um, for Progressive Shopper, you know, I was struck by like, clicking on airlines and seeing just regardless of which political party the the donations go to. Just sort of like I clicked on airlines and I think it was like $111 million or something crazy like that, right? So, um, Mark, tell us more about sort of the high level systems view of political giving and especially like through corporations.
2: Sure, um, so corporations spend billions each year funding political candidates. Um, and so every company through their political action committee and also their employees, it's publicly available information by the Federal Election Commission. Anyone who donates over $200 must disclose who their employer is to make sure that they're not sort of using their employees in addition to the company's political action committee to influence candidates, their campaigns on, on regulation that affects them every company has skin in the game in the political arena and oftentimes they don't talk about it um, they don't want to be you know sometimes people use the line oh that's politics we we don't get into politics but every major company is involved in politics in in the hundreds of thousands if not millions or beyond and so we try to make it really easy to for the user to not have to Go through all those filings, but when they download our browser extension, as you described, you can go to any major brand, and our tool, when you download our browser extension, will tell you very quickly how much that company is donating to Democrats, Republicans, or both.
1: Yeah, and it's it's very it's a very sort of clear um, you know user interface. I guess that's a nod to you, Van, but it's um, you know it is as simple to to use as you guys are explaining. You go on, you type in you know, any company name and it, you know, has this sort of bar chart very clearly. Total total amount of donations, blue, red, and purple for um, companies that are sort of between 40 and 60%. Like, it's, it, they're, they're a good mix, they're in the middle. I'm curious about, uh, we talk a lot in our work around impact investing, that we see these huge trends of millennials and women and, um, you know, disproportionately caring about impact in their investments. But there's always the question of this is what folks say on surveys that they care about. This is what they want to do. And then there's the reality of the rubber meeting the road and the money actually being moved. Mark, you said folks want to align their spending with their values. Are you seeing that, you know, that talk also walking? Are people walking the talk? That's the appropriate way to use that phrase, Um, you know, or are they just reporting that they want to, but then still shopping for convenience and ease or because of what's financially available to them? So we're quite
2: we're quite young company. So we're just getting those. You don't analytics. have
1: all the answers. <laughs> Drop <sweet>. the guess.
2: <laughs> no, it's important to know that it has happened on lots of other issues. Okay. Um, you know, the most famous is like the Montgomery bus boycott that mm-hmm. everyone knows. But then mm-hmm. you sort of get a little bit more to recent times, whether it's the divestment campaign from South Africa. I was involved in a in a very successful economic advocacy effort against the genocide government in Darfur, where 60 colleges and universities shifted mm-hmm. their endowments. Mm-hmm. We passed legislation in 26 states. You've got Calsters and CalPERS, largest pension mm-hmm. systems in the world. We're ensuring that they were not funding um, genocide. And then you look to even more recently with the uh, um, students from Parkland, Florida, um, going after companies like Delta and American that were shifting their behavior from giving the NRA uh, sponsorships or discounts. Um, Delete Uber um, happened uh, two years ago uh, because of their behavior. So uh, we see many great examples of uh, consumers shifting their behavior to ensure that companies are aligning with their values or penalizing them if they refuse to.
1: And does it? I'm curious if it sticks. So, Van, I don't know if you have any perspective on that. But, you know, you see something uh, Colin Kaepernick and Nike dicks and guns, you know, one of these uh, Dick Sporting Goods, you know, decisions a year ago or whatever on their, their policies. You know, and you see a strong and immediate response from consumers. Does it persist, or do people sort of make that immediate behavior change? And um, you know, does it does it surge in that moment and then um, sort of slip back into traditional buying patterns?
3: That really gets to what we hope our you know people will see as our core value proposition is the we do have the website where you can go and do research, but we also have a, an extension. It's available on Chrome and Firefox, and it's a uh, uh, whereas these one time events happen and there's this energy around it and people make decisions to to do one thing or another it. As you allude to, it's very difficult to, to get that behavior change to, change to stick. And so with the browser extension, we, it's, it's a very small reminder every time you go to a site that, oh, this is a, this company contributes to the Democrats, or this company contributes to the Republicans. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, our hope is that it does allow for a more permanent behavior change for people that want to make decisions
0: along those lines.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, Mark, you know, the, the idea for your um, – for this product is – progressive shopper um, you know I, I, dollars and change like we, we may end up having a liberal slant sometimes but we're, we're not necessarily political on this show so so why progressive shopper for you guys well I
2: both uh, van and I are progressive and we think that um, lots of people have progressive value people want to see you've seen the country um, move towards giving um, full rights to to the LGBTQ community. You're seeing overwhelmingly uh, consensus on climate change needing to be addressed. And so um, we sort of see this as broader than just Democrat. Um, We started on the political front, but we think that a lot of Americans want to see forward um, progressive values be reinforced by not just their politicians, as we're seeing like with the Green New Deal most recently, um, but we're seeing that happen um, also with companies, um, most recently, as an example, uh, refusing to ban um, transgender people from bathrooms. So Yelp, for example, has that notification to make sure that bathrooms are inclusive. So we, we think that it's important to support progressive values. And we think there's a huge portion of people, especially younger Americans, um, who are wanting to sort of
3: see this happen in every aspect of their life we kind of view that there there are a couple of players that provide this information in kind of a very neutral um, inform, informative uh, type of uh, perspective and we so we we thought it would be important for us as a brand to to make take a position and so that when when it comes when things come up and we want to comment on them it's it's very clear to people where where we're coming from. That's not to say that we haven't had uh, people uh, people. Use the product and say I'm going to do the exact opposite of what you're telling me because I, I support the other side. That 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 has certainly happened. But from a branding perspective, we wanted to clearly take a position on the on the left side.
0: So so Mark, quick quick yes or no question, and then I have a follow up. Um, Mark, are you a for profit company? Yes. Okay. So. You know, given that there is this sort of you know strong point of view, and like uh, Van just said, you know, some of your customers may end up using a different you know do the opposite of what you are suggesting. But how is that how is that conversation gone with potential investors for the company?
2: So far, it's gone very well. Uh, one of the one of the success stories is a browser extension company called Honey. Um, they mm-hmm. have about nine million plus users. Gen- they provide discount codes when people shop. I uh, use Honey. Oh, there you go. Uh, you're one of the nine million. So as you know, it's very user friendly. Lots of people use it. They do not provide any social impacts or like as you Sandy mentioned before, impact investing. They don't provide any filter to align your values as you shop. And so we thought if Honey is doing it very successfully, there is room for a similar tool, but adding the social justice component to it.
1: And so tell us about your users. What do you, what do you know or do you know anything um in terms of, you know, what what data you're you know uh, um what data is available to you about the users? Um, you know, how who, who's using it? What's the demographic slice? What does this tell you about consumers?
3: We we've been very careful to uh not collect very much information about our users just because of all the concerns about privacy. Sure. Um, we we know uh, uh, Mark has really led the way in, in a number of uh, organizations that have promoted us out to their user base, and so as you would expect, you can imagine the type of groups that that uh, are interested in this. And Mark, Mark, you can talk more about where we've had success there.
2: Sure. So we've, we've had some, um, you know, there's a growing uh, progressive uh, space, especially since the last presidential election. And so groups like um, this, this one called Hashtag Resist um, that uses meetup.com, an older technology, but still very successful, pushed us out to uh, over 200,000 of their users. Um, there's organizations... Um, like Millennial Politics that came out post-Trump
3: mm-hmm. um,
2: with a large Twitter following. So we're seeing um, generally it's younger people who are not shy about um, putting progressive on their sleeve um, that are very excited about adding this, our tool, um, to, the, to the wide toolbox that they're using um, from their philanthropy, their advocacy, um, and their voting behavior.
1: Great. So one thing that I think is very fascinating about this work, um, and Nick and I, you know, will often nerd out sort of about data aggregation and uh, data translation, is that you're taking existing Federal Election Commission data that was already publicly available, but making it user friendly. So what does this data look like in its original form as, as put out by the FEC? Van, can you tell us a little bit sort of um, what that primary data source looks like for you guys? Yeah, it's
3: a, it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, they, the, although they collect the data, there's very little normalization and standardization of the data, particularly when it comes to the the companies uh, that people work for. So a, a lot of our work has been making, making sure that we, you know, for, for example, I'll give you an example of uh, Delta Airlines. So uh, when you look at the data set that it doesn't force people to say Delta Airlines in any particular format. So you might get uh, Delta Airlines. You might uh, where Airlines is one word. Delta airlines, where sure. airlines is two words. Delta Airlines where just Delta I don't, I don't like yeah. <laughs> So it's a so a lot of the work we've done in collecting the data is making sure that we've aggregated it correctly. Um, and so that you know that that's a, so you might get thirty or forty different names that are all you know we end up deciding our, our Delta just because of the. The, the way that it that it's written. Mm-hmm. Um, other, other than that, it's just a big data set. It's, it's millions and millions of lines of individual transaction-level data of individuals making contributions to candidates, PACs making co- uh, contributions to committees, uh, PACs giving, uh, contributing to each other, uh, super PACs. Uh, for uh, many of the, the organizations, the, the FEC will say, oh, this is a Democratic-aligned committee or a Republican-aligned committee, but for many, they don't. And so you have to go through and figure out, is this a – a partisan committee or is it more of a a committee that gives to both ways? So there's a lot of work that that goes into making that data so it's it's usable.
1: Yeah. A quick reminder to our listeners, you are listening to Dollars and Change here on Business Radio, uh, Channel 132, as we talk about progressive shopper and making, um, specifically right now in the conversation, making Federal Election Commission data more visible and um, readily understandable by consumers. So thank you, Van, for painting the picture of just how complex is I, I don't know a lot about FEC history, but I'm imagining at some point, you know, the legislation came into play where they said this is information consumers should be able to know. And indeed, that, you know, they're, they're checking that box by putting the information out there, but putting it out there in, you know, millions of lines with data inconsistencies and all these things is probably the efficient thing to do, but it doesn't make it very user friendly. So
3: no, it cer- certainly gives us a challenge to, uh, to 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 make it usable. Yeah, so, uh, and that
1: I'm, that's the beauty of so much of you know what technology now allows. Because this is, if you go to your website, this is as smooth of a you know uh, experience for the user as possible to understand things. So, Mark, I want to shift over and ask you a little bit about um, you know not do some myth busting necessarily, but you know you guys have a lot of passion for this this business. It's evident, um, and you you could hear the the commitment in your voice when you were talking about how companies will often say hey that's politics you know we're a business we stay out of that Um, I want to take this opportunity while we have you on on the show to talk about to allow you to expand upon that and tell our listeners you know how how intertwined companies and politics are and and how and why Uh, because it's not a dimension of business we often get the opportunity to talk about on this show.
2: Yeah, thank you for that. And I, 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 think people don't. People may assume that companies, because um, uh, we all know about Citizens United, play some role in politics. But mm-hmm. I don't know if they understand that it's billions of dollars. And what's really important to understand is that sometimes companies are taking an explicitly partisan role. Um, so certain companies like Charles Schwab or Outback Steakhouse or Cinemark Movie Theater are spending. Uh, if not 80 to 90% of their political contributions to Republicans. So if you can choose to watch one of the recent, you know, the Oscar nominated movies, you have a choice where you can almost guarantee that if you patron Cinemark movie theaters, that'll go towards the Republican Party um, or Republicans versus seeing it at AMC or Regal or any other independent movie theater where that might be less uh, partisan or more towards your values and supporting Democrats. I think what, what uh, people sort of don't understand is um, sometimes when they see the branding or the philanthropy, there's also the political side. Every company plays a role in this, and they play it in different ways. Like We're looking at Wells Fargo most recently that um, is spending money supporting um, the gun industry, um, but they also do great stuff on philanthropy, but they also spend... Um, a big chunk of change in in politics. They're spending over $5 million. And so our job is to try to provide this information as easily as possible, so people can become the more informed and conscious consumers that they all claim to want to be, to do it in a really user-friendly way, just like shopping online is so much easier for folks uh, than it used to be. Uh, just going going to um, brick and mortar, we're trying to make conscious consumption as easy as shopping online, and and doing that in um, in showing them the political role as well.
3: There's a there's another kind of aspect to that 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 we just started to tap into, and that is the. Uh, seemingly inconsistencies between companies and the PR position. Uh, what?
1: Nick, it looked like Nick and I are just about to ask that question. Okay, G- expand. So,
3: so, so companies, you know, companies will have campaigns that clearly align with, you know, a certain type of topic. Like Nike has done this a couple of times in the past year with issues that you know are, you know, you would say they're typically aligned with progressive type causes. If you look at their political giving, it's it's pretty down the middle and if you look at some of the people, some of the republicans they're funding, they're you know those those politicians are diam- diametrically opposed to the kind of is- issues they're, issues they're doing. Another example is uh, is Amazon. I mean Amazon does a lot of great work. Um uh Jeff Bezos is, you know, they they gave 2 billion to to homelessness last year. But there's a number of politicians that Amazon, the Amazon PAC funded last year, that those those politicians are have actively taken votes to, that have uh, gone against, you know, the cause of, of homelessness. So there's just a lot of inconsistencies out there, and it's hard to see that. Um, and so that's one of the one of our projects this year is to try to make those kind of inconsistencies more visible, to and to try to get companies to be a little bit more consistent between what their PAC does and what their PR does.
1: I I was just about to ask more about that. No, I
0: think it's a really important point because, you know, we talk a lot about greenwashing on our show, period. And so the fact that your technology, whether you actually agree with progressive values or not, at least is providing some level of transparency and sort of a check and balance Mm -hmm. to here's what you're saying, but here's where your money is going. I think that is super interesting. Um, Mark, I'm going to ask this question to you, and then maybe Van can sort of bring in a data perspective if, if there is one. Um, but Mark, how, how do you guys handle super PACs? I mean, there's so much secrecy and and not, you know, a lack of transparency around super PACs. How do you guys handle that? Well, I
2: think, um, Van's probably the best one to answer it. There's, there's clearly, we, we try to track as much as we can on how a company is, is donating, starting with their PAC and their employee giving. Um, and there's, as, as you know, there's a lot of issues with dark money, Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's harder, it's harder and harder to get some of that data if it's not as clearly defined. And sadly, a lot of, uh, individuals and companies try to, um, obscure the transparency to be able to track it back to who are they supporting? How much are they giving? What's the agenda and where they're giving? But Van, Van has, uh, much more detailed since he's been spending all his time on that.
0: You're up, Van. <laughs>
1: It sounds oh. like we might have might have some phone issues here, um, but you know certainly curious to to hear more about that. As I think you're right, Nick. You know the the nuances of the super PAC and sort of what is legally required to be disclosed and not, um, and certainly the tremendous amount of capital that flows through them is is an interesting. You know, area to explore. So I'm curious what uh, what the team has to say there, uh, and I'm really str- I cannot wait to see. I mean, I'm very like you said, regardless of your politics, I am fascinated to see what happens if you could put side by side the philanthropy of an organization the pr of an organization and then this, the the actual political contributions
0: yeah i think that that the data around each of those three buckets mm-hmm. and then comparing the two is quite interesting i i would actually be very interested to see if there's anyone studying that mm-hmm. like really from an academic yeah, perspective yeah. to see if there are any you know correlations or causations around mm-hmm. around those insights
1: yeah well and it's it's often the scale of capital when we're talking about, you know, Van referencing billions of dollars, a ton of PR can go behind a couple hundred thousand dollars of philanthropy a company is doing. And to be able to compare and say, okay, that's, you know, a quarter million dollars worth of, Schools painted, and yet over here you're voting this way on education um, would be a very fascinating comparison. So, Van and Mark, we were certainly looking forward to, to seeing that when it comes out. We've got I uh think... we've got four minutes left here on our show, so I do want to uh, make sure that we or not on our show on our segment. I want to make sure that we leave a little bit of time to talk about what's next. Um, you're alluding to this coming trend, and the you're comparing um, the walk and the talk of these companies. What else and is...
0: gearing up for the 2020 election cycle? Yeah, well, that's
1: exactly. I want <laughs> To head there. So, so what else is next and sort of how are you thinking about, um, you know, the role sort of post-midterms heading into 2020 as we see candidates start to emerge? From
3: a data perspective, we, you know, we're trying to expand. We, we started with federal data. Uh, that, that each state also has a bunch of data uh, that we are not capturing today. So we're, we're looking to expand and get just get a more robust data set. Um, and then, like you said, the, the analysis side of things, where where we're trying to, kind of drawing out these uh, conclusions uh, um, about how companies act, maybe differently than they than uh, what they're giving their, their contributions versus how they act, uh, is something else that we're really interested in.
1: Neat. And I'm curious. Maybe our last question. Maybe we have time for one more. Uh, but Mark, do you hear back from any of these companies? Does anyone sort of reach out and say, like, "Hey, we don't think that's represented. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So far,
2: n- uh, not yet. We are we are reaching out to companies saying, "You guys are really good. This is the data we have. We think it would align um, with your consumers. Um, we would love to be able to find some way to partner." Mm. Um, so, not no one has reached out to us saying this information is wrong. I think primarily because. The data doesn't lie. The yeah. right. data is very transparent. I must be disclosed. And so there's very little gray area for them to say you got it wrong. Now, we're constantly updating it because each uh, election cycle mm-hmm. um, will draw different amounts of money. So I think they could, if, if anything, they would say, well, it's not as up to date, but that's just uh, – you know just a timing issue versus sure. the
1: data is well. yep yep that's just the that's just the nature of data very cool any other big trends exciting things coming from from either of you van or mark with uh, the next generation of progressive shopper
2: I'll, I'll add I'll let Ben close out the one one area we're looking at to take on other issues. So as you'll see on our website, we've added a notification if a company is a sponsor of Fox. I News. saw
1: the Fox News tag. Yes. Yeah.
2: So um, they you know, it's a it's a channel well known to the progressive space going after many progressive values. Um, counter to them, and there's been uh, dozens of companies that have already suspended their sponsorship um, for shows like Tucker Carlson or infamously uh, Bill O'Reilly pre- uh, previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're trying to make sure people know sometimes if an uh, advertiser uh, like Procter and Gamble or Progressive Car Insurance are spending thousands, um, are putting millions of dollars, putting thousands of ads each year on Fox News, and are at the same time trying to promote progressive causes, there's that dissonance. And we want to make sure both the company and their their consumers know about that.
1: Got it. Van, I'm sorry you got cut off by your partner there. We're, we're out of time for the segment, but, but we've enjoyed our conversation with both of you. We certainly encourage our listeners to go. Again, regardless of their, their political affiliations, this is data. Data doesn't lie. It's, it's transparent and it's a tool there for you as you consider your shopping habits.